Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Hello there, you fabulous interior design professional. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Business of Design and episode 323. I know I always sound amazed, but I just can't believe how fast all these episodes have gone by. Every single one of them is such a great learning opportunity for me, and I thank you for that. We have not one, but two amazing human beings on the show today, Michelle and Brandon Burbage. Now, Michelle Burbage runs an interior design company, and you're going to hear about that. Brandon runs a development company, but the two of them, I guess they had a little time on their hands and decided that they would purchase a manufacturing company, a lighting manufacturing company that was just about to go out of business. The work was so beautiful and the artisanship so lovely. They just couldn't bear to see it fail. And you'll hear that story. So this episode 323 is called Design Adjacent. I always have trouble figuring out what to name the episodes, you know, but Design Adjacent, meaning they already had design businesses and this just seemed like it fit right in, which I think you will agree it does. I've come away from this episode realizing that I could step up my custom lighting game. A little secret here, I've never done a custom light fixture, never once. Now I've done custom lampshades, but never a custom light fixture. And if I'm honest, it never occurred to me that that would be something I could do. Now, you're going to hear that they are from the beautiful state of Utah, and some of their projects are enormous in scale, and so they have no choice but to work with custom lighting. But that's no excuse. I need to step up my game, because we all know that when you work with custom materials and furniture and accessories and fixtures, you can level up your game as a designer. And Michelle repeats that during this episode. I loved talking to Michelle and Brandon. They both contribute in their own ways to running the business, and they agree that you can't run a successful business without process, so that's high up on the conversation. I also really appreciate Brandon's philosophy of never trying to be the smartest person in the room, but rather surround yourself with those smart people, those trade suppliers and partners who will make you look like the smartest firm. That's good advice, isn't it? I was also able to touch on a subject that I'm really passionate about these days, which is that we can propose a beautiful item to a client, a chair, a faucet, even fabric, and the clients can go and find something that looks very similar online. But in fact, very often the manufacturers will make two or three different levels of product that look similar. And so I've learned to say to clients who find something online that looks cheaper, feel free to order that. Let's see what it's made of. You know, we've had those things arrive and in fact, it's not actually leather, it's pleather. 
it's not a glass bowl. It's a plastic bowl with a big old ugly seam in it. So it's up to you if you want to take a chance. But I prefer to work with these suppliers who deliver products that are at the level and quality we need for our projects and I think you need for your home. So anyway, it's a good conversation. As always, I'm so glad you're here. And someone else I'm so happy to talk to every week is Cheryl Horn. Cheryl's going to hit us with some announcements and then we'll get right into the episode. And you, when are you going to be on the podcast, huh? I bet you have a great topic. We'd love to hear from you. Actually, we have more than just Cheryl doing announcements today. We have Cheryl and Janine. Hey, you guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> okay, Cheryl, I know we're going to talk about the BOD 15. Yes, that's the big one that we're counting down to. We're sort of doing like a boot camp tour uh, for all of October. Um, it's sort of a throwback because this is how business of design started. Um, right. You know, touring with the BOD when it was uh, live before we moved online, but we're hitting up uh, Toronto, Santa Monica, and Winchester, and all dates are in October. It's so exciting. We're going to be able to be face-to-face with our members and just having that energizing uh, discussion about how to really get the BOD 15 implemented in your business to make that kind of a difference in how you run projects, how you interact with clients, and how you start to really make a living being a designer. Yeah. And what's interesting, when we just did this in Australia, which was what encouraged us to do in the North American cities. Um, And by the way, the events are two days. Pick one city. You don't have to go to all three, Toronto, (laughs) Santa Monica, or Winchester, which is just outside of uh, Washington, D.C. And Cheryl, you're going to give us the dates and you're going to tell us how much it is. But what was interesting when we were in Australia is we had people who were brand new to business of design, had never taken a class or anything. And then we had people who had actually taken the BOD 15 previously and have been members for years, and they were able to level up as well. So there's no doubt about it. It's a ton of information. So if you want to fast track the learning and just really do a brain dump and hear it all and have access to lots of handouts and know how to run a project from top to bottom, this two days will get you there faster than any other method we have. You could read and the I books. Also, yeah, go for it, Janine. I, I also want to remind you that it gives you access not only to Kimberly, there's a lot of time for Q&A, but it also gives you access to other designers, some of whom, as Kimberly mentioned, haven't used the BOD 15, but but many who have and really pick their brains about what's working well and how they've gotten these things started. So it's a great way to interface with other designers and with Kimberly. Oh, and that reminds me too, like what happened in Australia is this group became so bonded that we actually launched a business of design boss group just for Australia. So you're going to meet peers in your community that you may want to end up being in the community for a long time with, and we're going to facilitate that and make that happen. So two days, I promise it will change your business. And that means it will change your life. And those dates, Cheryl, are... I get to do the fun logistics of all of this. <laughs> you guys were in Australia, so you know like what the energy is like. You get, to, you do get all that. to be in Toronto. I get to do dates and pricing. Um, <laughs> but okay, so Toronto, October 4th and 5th. 
Santa Monica, October 11th and 12th, and Winchester, October 25th and 26th. So uh, we're doing early bird pricing until July. So currently you're going to save $200. So it's $21.95. And then of course, members are going to save an additional $200 on top of that. But space is limited for each of these. Uh, so make sure that you register early. And of course, if you've got any questions, please reach out to me directly. Do sign up for it. I can't wait to have you there. I'm 100% confident that we are going to change your business and change your life. So come on out for it, everybody. And good to see you both. Yeah. So nice to have Janine on with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Stay well. Bye. Michelle and Brandon, great to see you. Michelle, this is the third time we've attempted to record an episode together. An aborted attempt in Las Vegas because of weather and because of a crazy room that had a lot of noise. And last time the sound was terrible. So third time, lucky. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought it'd be fun to invite Brandon because it, you guys are partners uh, in parts of your business or all of your business. And we've had a couple of conversations recently about the importance of lighting. And you guys are looking at lighting from a different perspective where you're actually designing light fixtures. And how does that fit into your business as a whole? How did it get started and where are you going with the lighting design? So it's really interesting. So I come from a background of development. Um, so high-end um, uh, multifamily resort development where we developed townhomes, you know, world-class ski areas. And so that's really where my world um, started. And and then I I had an opportunity. There was a, there was a little group in a little town called Heber City, Utah that, that, that was struggling and a friend of mine, his brother was a fabricator at this little shop and said, hey, these guys do incredible work. Could, would you consider using some of their work in your buildings? I said, I'd love to talk to them. So went down and saw, saw what they did, these artists, these incredible artists. And they did, they turned, they turned railings and they turned some light fixtures, you know, from this sculpted art into this incredible work. But for what I was doing, it just didn't work because it just, it didn't pencil out, right? This was incredibly customizable stuff. And so I just, I, I couldn't let it go. And the more I found out about this little business, I realized that they were on their way out and these incredible artisans that were just right next door, they're all going to, there's a high, really high chance that they, they would move on to some sort of an industry, different industry. We would lose what they created and they, they built some pretty neat lights for, um, some of the um, uh, religious temples for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and I saw those and thought, man, you guys are talented. We, we need to look at this differently. And so I approached them about, about buying it. It didn't pencil out buying it. So what I ended up doing is buying all the assets and then employing all their people and just starting a new company and saying, I think there's something about decorative lighting that we can, we can do and, and, and in the meantime, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? <laughs> Michelle's in the background going, there's not enough custom stuff, not enough custom stuff. I'm like, well, can I interrupt oh, yeah, real, please, please, real please. quick here? So he's asked me, like, what do you think about this? And I said, yes, please. Because I had just finished a Mountain Modern and had installed this beautiful light fixture from, I think, Restoration Hardware. And it was fantastic, but it was just too small. I couldn't find lighting at the right scale for the kinds of homes that I was designing. And so 
um, having someone who could do custom lighting, I was like, yes, please, please. Can you start a lighting company? I would really appreciate your help with that. So we did. He did. So, well, first of all, when you said that they designed these beautiful light fixtures for these temples, I see something in my mind's eye. I'm visualizing something really huge. So is that like, are you also designing homes, Michelle, then that are that scale where you have double height ceilings and just the standard light fixture is not going to cut it? Yeah. The biggest picture I've ever done was put in a room. What do you think the ceilings in that room were? Close to 30 feet. 30 feet. The scale of the room, if you can imagine this, the fireplace, the the gentleman said that he wanted it to feel like the fireplace in Grand Teton Lodge, like it just massive. The <laughs> mantle has a Harley on it. Full scale. Full scale like antique Harley is on the mantle. Yeah, like one you can ride. Yeah. You could, yeah. Yeah. And so how do you, you get a fixture for that room? So the fixture that we designed for that room is um, 10 feet tall and five feet wide. Wow. And that's the daddy one. And then the mama one is on in the same space, but on the entry and it was eight by five. And um, it's gotten such a, it's become such an iconic piece for our business that actually it's become part of our logo now. And we're, we've, downsized it as part of our retail line that's going to be. I know this isn't the greatest way to do things but let me see oh wow I first of all the light is gorgeous but I love that you have a, a human being in the picture so you can see the scale yeah not like, a very good looking human being but we do have one <laughs> so, so yes that is the size that we would design for these temples and for some I mean we've done hotels and we do other massive scale buildings but um yeah even homes in this area I mean in Utah we have space still you know we do big homes here yeah we do really big homes and especially in in selective areas like because we, we are in the Park City community, which everybody knows about Park City and those massive homes there. And then the community we live in is not too far from Park City, which, again, you know, your homes are up to 20, 25,000 square feet, you know, in these in this area. And so these are big, massive, expansive buildings that want to capture the the Wasatch Mountains, which are, you know, 12 to 15,000 feet at the peak. And you can see this massive expanse and people want to capture that. And you can't, you're not going to capture that in a five foot window. And so you have these real massive, massive, expansive ceilings. And so I looked at this and being a little bit more artistically minded, I just, something in me just clicked saying, all right, it's probably, it's probably the dumbest idea in the world to go for this. Cause I don't know anything about this, but it just felt right. So I went and put a little money together and we ran with it and I just do what I do, which is hustle <laughs> and learn as quickly as I could. And what very fortunately found a couple really good clients that, that liked what we were doing. And then it's just, it's grown from there. So where we do, I bet you, we do probably 10 to 15 international projects a year um, that average about a half a million dollars in size to um, great little custom homes here and there. And then uh, it's, and that's kind of launched us into this new, you know, we've had so many people come to us and say, how do you take this incredible picture and put it in my home? You know, how do you do that? And I'm like, okay, well, that's, we can scale that. So we started getting a lot of people that wanted 
to scale down. And so that led us to wanting to launch our own our, our own product to compete with some of those other people out there, which is what we're calling Santa Home. But but that's kind of how we got started. And 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 we I be, because of Michelle. Uh, and because of so much of the feedback she gave me early on, I realized that our clientele was the designer. It's the design firm. That's who I wanted to cater to for multiple reasons. One is they understood lighting, number one. They, they, they didn't get sticker shock, number two. Well, as bad. Everybody gets sticker shock in the lighting. Yeah. I'm, you know, but less sticker shock. But the biggest thing is they understood the pain point which I felt the two biggest pain points in decorative or lighting is scale, mm-hmm. right, yeah. and, and and timing. Mm-hmm. So everything, even even stuff from I won't say who their names are, but restoration even, hardware. Okay. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. And no, no beef with restoration hardware, but oh. not everybody's house needs to look like that. Not every exactly. client needs to look exactly like that. I think yeah. there's room for them, and there's definitely room for you guys. And I love that you're company was kind of born out of this desire to save these artisans and to save this beautiful local shop and of course it's taken off and it's growing that that's incredible that's amazing and tell us the name again of the lighting where we can so find the lighting sienna lighting so c-i-a-n-a lighting and that's siennalighting.com and we're getting ready just to uh uh launch our brand new website may 1st okay. and so it's yeah it's a total rebrand it's beautiful I'm so excited about it. It's been several massive years of labor of love and design. One thing we did do, which I think is so important, is we wanted to absorb kind of these these designers that have been so good to us um, early on. And so we went out to these few designers and and collaborated with them. So really, the, the really what our focus is is yeah, Sienna has a few designs. But we want to celebrate these designers that have been so good to us. And so we've actually gone out and worked with them and we're bringing their, their um, visions to life. And that's what we're really excited about is, and we want to grow that. We, we would love to have more and more designers that we collaborate with because they know their market. They know what their clients looking for. They know the price points. They know the materials. They know because it's, you know, Kimberly, better than anybody that it's so different in different regions and it's pretty cyclical too in yeah. some ways. So we're really excited about that. But yeah, so yeah, we were. And then what's neat about us is we've kept those jobs alive, but now we've, we've grown to where we're manufacturing in, um, I have a partner facility in Egypt. I have, I have my own facility in the Philippines and one in China. And so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I love the designer collaborations. Michelle, are you, you're going to get in on this. I want to hear about that. And I'm really glad you, you didn't yeah. reach for those, um, those celebrity endorsements. It feels so disingenuous to me that Cindy Crawford has a line of lighting. No disrespect to her. She's a wonderful human being, but I know she's not spending her nights worried about the lumens in my project. <laughs> right? Like, so I'm really appreciative that Probably you're... doesn't know what lumens are. Right? Right? So, Michelle, how, what does that look like for you on your projects in designing your own lighting? Well... You're talking about wall well, I could, I'd love to put custom lighting in every single project because when it comes down to it, if you value engineering and you use the right kinds of materials, it's not that much more. Yeah. 
you know, per fixture than some of the higher end brands of lighting that are out there. And um, if I can also, I'm going to answer your question, but real quickly, we've had so many designers come to us because they can't keep using the same lighting companies over and over again. I had a designer call me one day and say, well, I have, I need something custom because my client says she can't have all the light fixtures that I suggested because all her friends and neighbors have them. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Everybody has it because it's all, when you're looking at lighting is a saturated market, but quality lighting, there's not a lot. Right. So being able to go custom and now with um, Sienna Home, you can just buy high quality lighting that is, a, you know, beautiful and has a custom feel and custom quality, but it's also customizable. Mm-hmm. So what's so great for my clients and my contacts is that I can say, okay, well, I know it'll fit in this space. I had to learn. I mean, I had to teach myself, you know, um, and our engineers were really patient with me trying to help me learn all of the different things about how to design lighting, but it makes a huge difference. So at my new project that I'm working on, it's an entire development. I'm responsible for the everything, basically. At this how, project. how big are we talking about? Well, it's 5,000 acres and it's over 500,000 square feet of amenity buildings plus... 300 village homes that will all go through my design center plus 200 more custom home lots that will have the choice to go with Wahali design or not. Oh my gosh, that's massive. It's massive. It'll Congratulations, be- FYI. Well, like, but you had a big part of that though. Really? Well, wow. because we had all the systems you in place. Yeah, so, what you taught. Yeah, that's a side story that we could side story on. But yeah. I know I have to hear that. What do you mean? Well, a couple of years ago, I had taken um, about six to eight months off of design projects and I was project managing, um, which was awesome, a great thing to do. And then the other thing that I was doing was designing lighting for Sienna and helping with all of our custom projects coming in here. And I was trying to decide, I was feeling a real void because I love to design. And I was like, how do I want to take the rest of my career? Do I want to just keep project managing, which is great and lucrative, but it's boring or do, and, and lighting is great, but there's certainly wasn't enough of it to keep me completely busy. And so I, it was like, where do I take my firm? Do I want a firm? Do I want to keep being this, you know, solo entrepreneur? What do I want to do? And, and I decided I wanted a firm and I was going to grow a firm. And, um, that's when I found business of design and I did a rebrand and I got a website for the first time and I hired an assistant and I started taking more classes and that helped me get, have this firm in place. And that had only been in place, I don't know, maybe less than six yeah, months. And you learned the value of pricing and the value of, you know. Well, contracts and yeah. systems and all of those things. And because I had learned, the thing that was so great about finding BOD was that your systems were so close to how I was already operating. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't take, it wasn't much for me to, to, to you didn't need to anything. You just need to tweak. Right. And there was literally like two or three things that maybe you do slightly different than how I did. Like, um, for example, I don't usually do a trade day because 80% of what I do is new construction. Mm-hmm. So my trade day really looks, doesn't look like having a bunch of trades come in. My mm-hmm. trade day is emailing plans yeah, and saying, can you get me a bid? Mm-hmm. You know, so like that was a little bit different, but, but it was so easy to adopt it. So then I had all the systems, all the contracts, everything ready to go so that when this big job came, it was easy for me to say, yeah, I can do it. 
Right. And then, and it's convincing to them too. You, you, yes. you look like a small player. You look like a player who could scale. So my interview process was about a six week process and I had to do a full presentation of what I call a North star, um, sort of a design board, but not really. I had to do that full presentation and show them how I would run the design center step by step. And it was easy to do because I had the BOD 15. That is so cool. We're I'm not so much. We're not yeah, staying sorry. on the topics. But I think it's well. important for your listeners to know that this is, these are real testimonies. This is a real value, right? This is, if they just stick to it and be, and, and, and work hard, right? But work smart, like, processes are the key you got to have processes that's the only way we grew is processes right and 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 philosophy right and so you build this culture and that's what that's what you're giving you're giving a lot of people this opportunity to learn it quicker if you will Mm -hmm. you know all your pains and suffering are not so pain and suffering anymore when you have so many people that are able to utilize what you're teaching so I, i think it's important for so yes, we did side story. I'm great at side story. Sorry, no more. <laughs> you bought a lighting company in the middle of a very busy job as a developer. So yeah, I get that you're good at side stories. Like, <laughs> yes, I think I'll buy this company that's about to go bankrupt. <laughs> and that's all we do now. It's just lighting. So anyways. That's just so cool. I want to ask, I, what is so hard for all of us to wrap our heads around when it comes to selling clients custom light fixtures? Like, why can't we get past that? I understand that you don't need a custom light fixture maybe in your daughter's bedroom and in the, you know, basement bathroom. But there are a couple places, you're, you're in a foyer maybe, your living room, your dining room, where a custom light fixture is going to be a piece of art and a sculpture why can't most of us wrap our heads around providing that to our providing that to our clients? I wonder if it's because we don't know where to go. I think that's I think a big that's one. Good. I think I think that's the biggest one. And I think it's just education. One of the things we're trying to do is educate. We do a lot of lunch and learns. And one thing we talk about is exactly what you just talked about is we custom lighting is not designed for every fixture in the home it's not that's not what we're going for we're going for that iconic piece is that iconic piece like you just said is that your is that your dining room is that your entry is that your you know your over your antique clawfoot tub what what is that and then let's focus on that and then then let's value engineered if everything we start in we start with the highest materials you can find the brasses right um the Egyptian crystal that is that that has taken over anything that Swarovski used to do. So this high, incredible stuff. But guess what? You, I did a project that wanted brass. At the end of the day, the budget wasn't there. So we did it in aluminum. We prototyped uh, a powder coat that looked like brushed brass. And from 15, 10 to 12 feet away, they had no idea it was aluminum. Right. Until they picked it up and it weighed nothing. And so, yeah, there, and at the end of the day, it, was, it wasn't uh, everything they wanted to begin with, but it was everything they had hoped for at the end because you're able to value engineer it. So we probably, caught, we probably cut 30, 35% off that project by just using different materials and getting creative. Going from alabaster to uh, resin alabaster or acrylic alabaster, again, 
at 10 to 12 feet in the air, right? Ever, you're never going to know. And acrylic, you don't have to worry about it aging and breaking and you can clean it. But so I think, I think it's just education. You're going to say, sorry. Well, I was going to say, it's, I, I have found that it's a real opportunity for designers to level up their game. Mm-hmm. to become even more so a value to their clients. So if if you heard your client one day talking about how much she loved her grandmother's house and her grandmother had this funny old crystal chandelier over her dining room table, guess what? If you had, could find a picture of it, we could remake it. Or I was in France sitting, we made a light fixture for a designer once that she took a picture of a light fixture in France in a cafe and said, can you build this for me? And we did. And now it's over her dining room table at home. So she feels like I, she, it brings that memory. It brings that feeling of I'm in France again. That was such a great trip. And so if you can listen to your clients and tune into those little bits, then your lighting levels you up and you can say, I know a guy. I've got a custom lighting builder that they can make anything that you want. Even if it's small, it doesn't have to be just for grand homes. Right. You know, but um, even a, a small thing, a sconce in a bathroom, it's a unique situation. It can really help designers become um, really valuable. And then think about the um, the referral process. You know, when you when your client has a friend come over and they say, oh, my gosh, the chandelier is beautiful. And then the client says, oh, you know what? It's custom. Our designer was so fantastic. She helped us design that and it, you know, and next thing you know, you've got another client because you were able to level up your design. At the end of the day, when a client is just super happy, they forget about the extra couple thousand dollars it cost them or yeah. the extra five thousand dollars it cost them, right? They they look at you and say, You are a miracle worker. And they sign that check so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about the flip side of things, which is something that I have been experiencing recently where people are presenting something to a client, a light fixture, let's say. And the client says, oh, I found the same light fixture for less money on uh, Wayfair or on Home Depot. And I think a lot of us don't realize that they make a light fixture that looks like the one you proposed but it's actually made of different materials. It might be made of plastic. There might be seams. We saw one designer send us a picture of the finished product, which was less expensive, and it was plastic instead of glass, and it had big seams in it. So the clients weren't happy with it. So it really is on us to be smarter about educating our clients and choose our battles. What's going to matter the most in that room? Is it going to be the end table, or is it going to be a light fixture? Probably light fixture. Oh, absolutely. It's the jewelry, right? It's the jewelry of the home, in my opinion. And, and I think the other thing is, you ever heard in, in fashion, they use that, that phrase, cost per wear? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I mean, when you're designing a custom light fixture, you're, you're talking about designing, a, it's a lifetime choice. Yeah. You know, you're designing something that could be easily passed down to another generation. So I agree with you, Kimberly, that it's education and, and it's... It's part, it's part of our responsibility as designers to educate our clients, but that's part of the BOD 15. If we really have the opportunity to educate and set expectations, you know, during your presentation and um, we're here to help. I mean, if designers have questions about how to educate or the words to use the you know, the, the language to use, I mean, 
we're here to do that. Maybe we do a BOD live or something with the cute Australian lady and we have like, a, you know, we do a class and we, we teach about how to, how to do this. That yeah, sounds amazing. There's just, it's kind of a, you can't learn enough when it comes to lighting because it makes or breaks every project. I would say for designers, I would get to know a custom, whether it's custom furniture, whether it's custom lighting, I would reach out to them. And if they're doing, they're running their business right, they'll, they'll want to become a partner. They'll want to become a resource. They'll want to be there to educate and help and use these resources. You know, one of the, one of the things I always say is, you know, I, I will never be the smartest guy in the room. Never. And that's by design. I'm going to go out and find the smartest people I can. And I'm going to put them in the room I'm going to put the smartest designers. I'm going to put the smartest electricians, engineers, artists. And guess what? Then we become the smartest firm in town. This is our, this is one of our hand drawings. Oh, see, now that helps me tell a story that yes. like, I love to show that to a client and say, you know, the, the, there's, there's a person who's got a family who did this drawing for you. And you know what I mean? All those things matter. But I do have to slow down and think about that when I'm pitching to my clients. You know, it's my job to influence them. And so a tool like a beautiful drawing is going to help me do that. It's going to help me be smart about how I influence people. Yeah, yeah, and it builds confidence, right? Because you know that now I've got a partner in furniture. I got a partner in lighting that I can go to and say, "Hey, my client's got a crazy idea. What do you think?" Yeah, you know, I would do yeah. every single thing custom if I could. Every oh. single solitary thing in the house, I would do. I mean, it doesn't make sense for you know an end table or whatever. But I, if, if give me a chance, I would do every single thing. Michelle, you started to talk about this massive project you have, and I put a few light fixtures in there, huh? Just a few. <laughs> the first thing that we're doing are um, the entry as you pull into this, you know, it's an exclusive golf resort community, you know, so big gated and an entry, a gatehouse. And the posts that will hold the light fixture, I think, are 16 feet tall. So I, yeah. we had to design these giant lanterns because the premise of the development is that you took a village out of Ireland, Scotland, or England, and you dropped it in the mountains outside of Park City and put it on a golf course. And so we, everything is a cottage, is like a premise of a stone cottage. Now we're updating it. We're making it fit our mountain surroundings. So they're not exactly English cottages, but that's our inspiration. And so I had to design um, lanterns that would look like they could belong in that, but then what was so helpful about Sienna doing them is that we were able to make them dark sky compliant, which is a huge aspect and something we see so much is that that is becoming really normal in developments in cities around the world right now is the dark sky. And so now we've got a lantern that's 36 inches tall by 16, I think. And it's a dark, it looks like an English lantern, but it's dark sky. That's incredible. One thing I love about talking to designers from different areas is you learn different requirements. Like I've never had to think about dark sky in any of my projects, but now I'm like, okay, that's an interesting concept. I wonder if that would ever come up in a client's backyard or, you know, in a smaller way, but ed educating, there's just never an end to all the things that we can learn and bring into our projects. But what's the timeline on your big um, development? I mean, it must be years long. Oh, yeah, it, it's 12 to 15 year build out. Wow. That's so I literally never have to go find another 
another job ever again. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am just so excited for you guys. It seems like the sky's the limit. And I think we'd love to take you up on the BOD live where we learn more about custom lighting and lighting in general. I think that's a smart idea. We like to end every episode with design intervention. Is there some bit of business advice you can think of in terms of your, doesn't have to be related to anything we talked about today, but in terms of your partnership and what you've learned? Well, I think we both probably have something we'd like to add because we're both chatty patties. <laughs> I think I, it's so funny. I, my original and our original uh, recordings, my business design and my design intervention, I I changed what I wanted to say. I've been thinking about lately about continuing to learn. And so I love what you just said a minute ago. Like there's always something to learn Uh, because I, I used to refer to myself as self-taught, but now I refer to myself as self-teaching because I'm always taking classes. I'm always trying to learn new things. Podcasts are great. There's online resources everywhere. Stay curious, right? Yes. Yes. That was on your podcast yesterday. Stay curious. Was that your was? Yeah. What? Maybe that was a different podcast I listened That's to. That's hilarious. No, but it's stay curious. Someone literally I heard that yesterday. I wonder stay curious. Yeah. I wonder who that was. I can't remember. It sounds familiar, yeah, but um, that's so cool. How about you, Brandon? Does something come to mind? You know, what's interesting is too many, but I think for your mm-hmm. audience, because uh, I have different ones for different audiences, but I think for, for, for your audience, me, it would be community in two different ways. So one is create a tribe or a community within your, within your own environment. So if you surround yourself or create a community or create a tribe, so again, uh, an architect, a uh, Finnish carpenter, a painter, a lighting designer, uh, uh, you know, a, a custom furniture guy, custom lighting guy. You build this, you build this core group that costs you nothing but some time and some effort. And you start to develop those relationships like you would a bank account. You you put effort into those relationships. You help them. You do things with them. You you build that however your personality works and then you're able to, you know, you make these deposits and you're able to withdraw from that at time. But that, that you build this nucleus, this core around you and that will give you the support rather than doing it alone. I, I'm afraid too many of your listeners try and go at it alone. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, it's just, it's going to be a really, really long and lonely road. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly calls that the 18. Oh, exactly, exactly. And, and the thing is, yeah, a lot of the listeners are uh, quote unquote on their own, but what you said, Brandon is so true. If you have a custom cabinet maker, if you have a custom lighting designer, if you have a painter, if you have an electrician, you're not alone anymore. You're just not. Well done, you guys. I'm super excited to follow your like, you know, stratospheric rise to the top. And we'll put a link to uh, your website, which will be live when this airs. We'll put a link in the show notes and information and love to stay on top of your project, Michelle. So send us pictures when it's done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. You're such a gem. You're so great. Appreciate your energy. And this was a lot of fun. Yeah, so great fun. to meet you guys. I got to get to Utah. I'm in to Utah forever. Oh, yeah. We'll I told take you that care last you. time we recorded, I, we could do a great trip out here. I can get this into a lot of good homes and we could do a, a lot of learning stuff. I love touring homes. It's like my favorite thing to do. Like you just learn so much. Every time I go away from a great home, I'm like, I'm doing that in my next project. Or you know what I mean? Like just, oh, so good. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.